0: It's time for another episode of Spies, Lies, and Private Eyes. Here's your host, Terrence McCauley.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Spies, Lies, and Private Eyes, right here on the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. My guest today is Gary Braver. He is a best-selling and award-winning author of more than 10 mysteries and medical thrillers. Rumor of Evil is his latest novel from Ocean View Publishing. Thanks for being here, Gary. Really appreciate you taking the time.
0: Thank you, Terrence. Thanks for having me.
1: Of course. So, why don't you tell us about your latest book, Rumor of Evil?
0: Okay. Well, it centers on a 16 year old exchange student from uh, Slovakia, Eastern Europe. She is of Romani or Roma extraction. Um, she is. Uh, uh, she comes to America for four months to affluent Lexington, Massachusetts, which is next door to where I live, and okay. she learned, yeah, learn about American ways. And she um, she's accused of witchcraft, and she uh, mysteriously dies in a, uh, in a in a house a treehouse fire, uh, which connects to the present uh, mystery uh, of two other deaths uh, in the contemporary time. The backstory was 19 years ago. And now it connects to a, a mystery uh, in the present time, yeah. Wow, that's
1: very uh, interesting. Uh, what were you trying to, uh, what made you want to write about somebody of Romani Extraction?
0: Okay, well, I wanted, I wanted to, well, actually, let me sidestep. As you do as a, as a crime novelist, uh, I have a file of fascinating, disturbing, real-life crimes and i one that stuck in my mind for several years came out of 2014 in waukesha wisconsin where two 12 year old girls lured an, another 12 year old girl into the woods where they stabbed her 19 times luckily oh, I the, remember that you remember that Man. yes right the, yeah 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 uh, luckily the the victim survived and the two attackers are still in psychiatric institutions um, what fascinated me was wh- how adolescents, 12 year- old kids could commit such a brutal crime. The reasons they gave to the police was that they actually believed that the internet cartoon Slenderman would kill their families if they did not sacrifice their girlfriend. i mean it's it's crazy, and but that led me to look into bullying, um, mm. and bullies always pick on an outsider. And my Romani exchange student is about as outside as you can get to American ways. She comes from a rural pig farm in Slovakia. She's got some strange braids on her side of her head. She has uncool clothing, um, and she is um, she tells fortunes.
1: So okay, the kid,
0: yes, yeah. and that leads to some dark things, and they accuse her of witchcraft, which you know kind of reminiscent of um, 1692, the Salem witch trials. You
1: know. Right, you know, yeah, but exactly. it's, uh, it's set 20 years ago in the past and then the mystery jumps to modern day, right?
0: Correct, the opening scene is current time and there's a woman hanging from a maple tree in her backyard and uh, just a mile from Harvard Square in Cambridge and her mm-hmm. death will connect to the backstory of the exchange student.
1: Wow, okay, that's yeah. that's a really interesting way to to frame a story. Yeah. It's funny, people, you know, at first blush, it might think, oh, you were going to write about the Salem Witch Trials, but you didn't. You made it far more contemporary only 20 years ago exactly. from yeah. where yeah. we are now and into and here. That's a fascinating tactic to take. What was it set of what is there something in particular that happened 20 years ago that made you want to set this book back well, then and then make the
0: leap to yeah, now yeah, nothing really that had happened except that i wanted a cold case i mean there i mean massachusetts has thousands of cold cases as any as new york state has any other mm. place in the union and there's so little budget for police to have a cold case squad looking into these maybe one right. person yeah so i wanted a cold case and i wanted to write a layered mystery um and a mystery, which is the current story, is really driven by puzzle solving, putting together clues and logically nabbing the villain at the end. The backstory right. is more of a thriller, which is driven by dread. So we have the backstory narrated by one of the kids who was back there when all of this had taken place. That ends in this tragic, fiery death of the exchange student. And she is relating that backstory, increasing the dread that something terrible is going to happen. So these two stories connect over 19 years: um, the cold case and the contemporary murder, actually murders, yeah, right, cover up. a cover up, in fact, yeah, yeah.
1: Wow, that's fantastic. Now, yeah, yeah. have you you've written an awful lot of books? Is this one a standalone, or do you think people could do well by reading some of your earlier work earlier? <laughs> to get them uh, ready for this particular book.
0: Sure, The past books are mostly medical thrillers. This is the first of a series. Um, and uh, I had done two other books that had police procedural matters in there. But this, I decided to make a series and it, it's done, Rumor of Evil. And the next one, Heat of the Moment, is done and just waiting for um, the publisher to finish reading it. Uh, and I'm part way through the third one. and. I like series. I mean, as you know, you've do, done series. What really appeals to readers is much more of the detective than detection. And you don't want to dope who's your cop or your CIA agent or your you know, investigative reporter. You know they're right. going to be pretty sharp. But it's the character, the personality of the detective that really hooks people. We, we saw that since the hard-boiled days of Dashiell Hammett right up through Robert Parker and, and others uh, who – whose characters really connect. And I think right. that's what publishers are looking for. They're looking for series. So that I just joined the joined the club.
1: That's good, that's <laughs> good. Um, how do you like writing a series as opposed to writing standalones? And this one isn't technically a medical thriller, so you're also doing something different in terms right. of the kind of book you're telling.
0: Right, right. You know, um, you've experienced this too. When you're doing a series, You have to come up with a new investigation, a new murder. Also, I mean, every every novel has two major quests. If it's a cop novel, solving that crime, nabbing the bad guy at the end. But there's also personal story too. There's a public quest and there's a private personal quest. The private personal quest is getting over some baggage, such as the cop has been hooked on alcohol or Mm -hmm. drugs or – he or she is estranged from a loved one, a child. Um, he or she feels guilty that their partner got killed in the previous investigation. So you gotta come up with new baggage to make them sympathetic characters and give them a personal story. Right. The problem with series is you keep on having to come up with new baggage <laughs> as you go along. Right. So um that's that's what I've done. And um I think I get the fifth or sixth one down the line. I'm going to run out of person's baggage.
1: <laughs> yeah, because there's only so much you can heap on the character, right? Exactly, exactly, yeah. It is. It, it is amazing. But you know what? We should all be as lucky to have a series go that long.
0: Right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Yeah. right. Yeah.
1: You know, it, it's interesting. Now, what made you want to write medical thrillers earlier in your career?
0: Right. That's a good question. Um, I have a degree in physics. And mm-hmm. uh, I uh, uh, I went on and got degrees in English. And in a town next door to where I'm living in Arlington, um, the water in the town became carcinogenic. And oh. people had an uptick in cancers and all sorts of terrible deaths. And my wife and I had settled into a house and we had children. And the fear was, you know, what if something bad gets in the water and affects our children? So that became mm-hmm. one of the first medical thrillers uh, called Rough Beast back um, 20-something years ago. Right. And the publisher said, give us more of the same. I said, give us more of the same what? I mean, rougher beast? And what are you talking about? She said, I something that's going to appeal to a large readership, uh, large fantasies, a large fear. So in a mm. sense, I was charged with having to do more biomedical stuff, and right. that just sent me to the research, you know, journals and this and that, and um, I followed up with something called Elixir, and that's where the name changed, because my real legal name is Goshgarian, but that got optioned by, it was about uh, the discovery of an anti-aging compound, you know, that was oh. a fant- large fantasy kind of thing, Um and it was it was option for a movie by uh, Ridley Scott, and so they said change your name. So I went with Braver, which is my grandfather's name in Armenian. But oh, all right. the yeah, all the subsequent ones except this one here uh, have been bio or medical thrillers because sense they said write more of the same, so that's what I'm doing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, and that, and that's completely valid because you know as I've said on this podcast many times, writing the publishing business is a business. And there is that kind of uh, consideration that has to be made before they they publish a novel. Now, how have you enjoyed writing this kind of book as opposed to those medical thrillers? Have you found it more challenging, a different challenge?
0: Yeah, yeah. What's your
1: experience?
0: There is is a benefit to doing a series because you have a couple, maybe three characters in place. You have the detectives Mm -hmm. and you have their families. Um, So you don't have to invent new cops. Uh, or investigative uh, uh, CIA or any kind of agents FBI. Um, the challenge is uh, coming up with new stories. And I said the personal stuff. The standalones mm-hmm. were essentially easier in terms of the research because I had to come up with a new kind of medical breakthrough. I mean, elixir was an anti-aging. The next one right. was gray gray matter boosting the intelligence of you know slow kids and by parents who want to raise geniuses. And then Flashback is about a cure for Alzheimer's disease. Skin Deep was getting the face you never had, the face of a celebrity. So they've all been – yeah. And in fact, the, the, the last one, Solo, that I had done was called Tunnel Vision. Scientists trying to determine if there's an afterlife. You can see as I get older, you see the direction I'm moving it. <laughs>
1: that's funny
0: you're right I yeah. yeah I don't I don't know if there is an afterlife but the older I get the more I'm in favor of one <laughs> so oh, standalone that's a standalone's become a kind of a challenge the new kind of breakthrough science um but this mm-hmm. is a different kind of challenge and I'm, I'm enjoying working with my favorite characters so far
1: yeah exactly right yeah and it's also good because you you, you tend to especially with this latest one have it centered in an area that you're familiar with, right, and right. so that's that's always a good thing to do. You know, yeah. you, you can challenge yourself as an artist, but if you go and accept too many challenges at once in terms of setting, new style, new series, it, ca- it can get a little bit overwhelming, and you don't really want right, to do that. Right,
0: right. I mean, thank goodness for the for Google, because you can drop into cities you've never been to and, and get a street map and everything about the about the area. So it's a yeah in the path you have to go there
1: <laughs> right right yeah it's funny i wrote a book that was set in london and i had a lot of people say oh you really love the city What well, what's your favorite part of it and i said i've never been to europe was google maps that did it and um you know you're right it, it, it's an incredible resource for yeah. for writers to be able exactly to do that. it and not go broke traveling around the world to all right. of these yeah. places
0: well, we are professional liars in a, in a sense, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, We never let, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, never let the truth get in the way of a good story, exactly. like I've like heard exactly. many people say. So um, are you planning on doing a kind of book tour for this one? Are you going to be doing a blog tour? How are you getting the word out about uh, Rumor of Evil?
0: Yes, um, well, um, a lot of Zoom interviews such as this. Uh, mm-hmm. I've got lo- local, local bookstores. I'm not. I'm not traveling much across the country for this, um, and and in a sense, what we're doing now, uh, just supplants that. You know, you can do it uh, electronically. Um, right. But the the reviews have been great. We're getting rave reviews, and hopefully that gets the word out. And posting stuff on Facebook and sending emails out to friends, and you know, hopefully they'll show up at the bookstores and fill uh, right. the chairs. Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it's amazing. I, it, how has your approach to writing changed from those first books that you published all the way up until now? I mean, every writer has their own path of growth. I'd be curious about how yours has changed from when you first started all the way up until now.
0: That's a great question, Terrence. When I first started, I used to do extensive outlines. In fact, my first novel was about 90 single space pages I mean, three of those, I got a book. Yeah, (laughs) wow. And and about a third of the way through, I would veer off in a completely different direction than my outline, which is far more interesting. And so I began to scrap that. And eventually, what I did was essentially make bullet points that would define a kind of story arc uh, and, and just have a sense of the direction I'm going in. And then jump right in, you know, it was a dark and stormy night and see where it takes me. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and so I've given up on outlines. Um, I've taught fiction writing for a long time. And I tell my students, if you need an outline, fine, but just get a sense of the direction you're moving in. My books right. are short, shorter. Uh, I think the earlier books were 500 pages. Now they're about 300 pages. Mm-hmm. And, and as you know, you have to know your audience. And right. Things have gotten very sensitive out there, and the, the last book that I did with Tess Garrison called Choose Me, we had sensitivity editors looking for anything that might offend females or minorities or mm-hmm. large people. We, I had one scene where I'm just describing a kid sitting in a classroom as being chubby. They said, got chubby, come up with another word. So in a sense, audiences had determined the kind of stuff they read. Right. And you probably know this too, but about 70 or 80% of all the books in America are purchased by females. And mm-hmm. so there's a huge audience that has demands um, and, and and preferences and taste. So in a sense, right. you're kind of catering to that now. You um, you can't get any more, get away with any kind of anti-feminist jokes or anti-female jokes or any kind of uh insult. uh you have to be very cautious yeah yeah
1: right yeah because yeah. i mean it's uh even if your character is is supposed to be a villain who would do that kind of thing it's still on the printed page and it, the audience tastes have definitely changed
0: yes exactly yeah we've seen yeah. it. Yeah. yeah
1: you're yeah. not going to be able to get away with that um mm-hmm. you know that's why you know, if you read some of Elroy's mid-career stuff, James Elroy, yeah. he got away with yeah. that stuff because it That's was, right. it, and it did very much fit with the time and the character, That's right. but I That's don't right. think today people would buy those books with those kinds of
0: references in exactly. it. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Uh, Hemingway had the n-word in several of his novels and short stories, um, right. had been condemned by some academics, but, you know, he, he's still being read though, but more and smaller audience yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah. i know i mean I, I used to really be a huge admirer of hemingway until i found out a lot of his the way he treated people and, and some oh, yeah. of his views oh, and yeah. i i've i've really backed away from him yeah. um yeah, right. over the yeah. last few years it's just it's amazing once you get to know some of these authors you just kind of say you know what i i can't separate the art from the artist and it it's a shame in some ways sure. but in yeah. that way i think it's justified with
0: hemingway sure. I think so. I think so, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. So you've got a lot happening now and you've got an awful lot happening in the future. Um, You mentioned earlier that you post a lot on uh, so people can follow you on social media and on your website. What's the best way that you would say people should be able to follow you? All your social media stuff, all your websites, things like that.
0: Uh, um, The website is GaryBraver.com. Very Mm -hmm. simple. Um, and I've got a, a Facebook account, Gary Braver at Facebook. Whatever the actual Earl is. Um, right. I, I don't. Ha- I don't have a TikTok or, or Instagram. My my sons should do that stuff. Um, but dead uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> generational. <laughs> Just mostly Twitter. Facebook. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mostly
1: Facebook. That's fine. That is no yep. problem at all. That definitely gives yep. people a, a lot of opportunities to be able to follow. And uh, that's that's important. So thank sure. you so much for taking the time for doing this. I know uh, my audience appreciates it. And I think they have found a new great author to start following.
0: No, thank you, Terrence. I, I really appreciate you having me, too. And good luck with your own writing, too. Thank you very much. Yeah, and thank you, that. ladies and
1: gentlemen, for following us for another edition of Spies, Lies and Private Eyes right here on the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. We'll see you next time, everybody. Take care.
0: You have been listening to Spies, Lies, and Private Eyes with host Terence McCauley on Authors on the Air Global Radio Network.